Never in modern history has small business been impacted like it has over the past 18 months. And the ways in which various sectors have been impacted very widely. Today we talk with Amanda Blondeau from Northern Initiatives. We'll hear about the creative support she and her team provide to a variety of small businesses across Michigan and learn about the resurgence she sees on the horizon. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. But first, I really want to, before I introduce Amanda, I want to tell you that I've done a lot of traveling with Amanda. Amanda's been a client for, um, I don't know, six or seven years, and we have done a lot of traveling together. And um, she she is also a beer girl, like I am, but also enjoys a mule. So what we have done is we've taken her favorite beer, which is Black Rocks, which is up in Marquette, which is her hometown. And her favorite beer is Honey Lav, and we have combined it with a mule. So we have a, a, a lavender Moscow mule today. Uh, Jen, tell us what's in it. Well, it's interesting because instead of ginger beer, we're using a ginger tea. So that's a more subtle and complex flavor, which is kind of cool. I mean, ginger and lemon, you can't go wrong. And then um, the lavender in this is subtle too. It's done with um, two tablespoons of culinary lavender to just give it some flavor. And then there's vodka, honey, lemon juice, and this ginger tea. So it's a really unusual mule, but I like it. Yeah, the ginger and lemon is really pleasant. So even if you're not, and then the lavender subtle. So even if you're not a lavender fan, you'll probably still really like this. And now so I feel like to I need that. a trip to Marquette. <laughs> cheers to that. Oh. We can strike that. Um, this is like the end of summer. So as I mentioned, uh, I met Amanda Blondeau a number of years ago. She and I um, partnered on a set of... Uh, business education videos as they were developing out some educational resources for their insurance. And I should back up by saying Amanda is with Northern Initiatives. Amanda, welcome. Thanks. It's great to be here. Uh, tell us who Northern Initiatives is. Uh, Northern Initiatives is a nonprofit. We are a community development financial institution. So basically what we do is we provide money and know-how to small businesses that are looking to start and grow in Michigan. And our main office is in Marquette, but we serve all of Michigan and border, bordering Wisconsin. And what I know of Northern Initiatives is that really part of your mission is that you're really helping those businesses invest in themselves so that those communities thrive. Yeah, we, we work with those businesses that can't get access to um, traditional financing. So, you know, it's sometimes you, you're taking a risk when you go into business um, and, and we're there with you to take that risk. And what I get really excited about is it's not that we're just providing funds, but it is the coaching, the support, the tools to be able to be successful and to reach those goals. Yeah. And it, it's it, you're, you're getting when you're working with a CDFI or a, um, a community development financial institution, you're getting a lot more than the services you would get from a traditional lender. It's that technical assistance, like you were saying, and it and Northern Initiatives has even taken that technical assistance and gone even one, two, maybe 10 steps further by developing a portal called Initiate. What's Initiate? Initiate is an online learning portal. We actually started creating this in 
2014. My background's in uh, technology, and as we all know, Michigan is a very large state, um, and at that point, we were serving 100% rural, so I was having to drive an hour and a half between clients, and it might take a couple of weeks to be able to see the small business owners, and so we were just thinking about how can we use technology to basically wrap up and share all the resources um, that are the common questions that small businesses have. Um, you know, how do I manage my cash flow? Which social media channels should I be using? I'm thinking about hiring. What's those first steps? And since then, uh, it's really grown. And we actually now have 17 other organizations utilizing the Initiate platform over 34 states. Um, and so it's been great to be able to learn and to be able to support businesses in Michigan, as well as um, throughout the U.S. And when you say 34 organizations, you mean 34 other northern initiatives across the country, 34 other CDFIs. So it's not just um, 34 organizations, it's 34 times their borrowers. So you're really making an impact with thousands of businesses across the country. Yeah, so it's actually 17 right now. We're actually going to be over, almost over 20, but in 34 states. And yeah, it, they all have working with small businesses from, you know, 200 to thousands a year. And so it is, um, and definitely we've seen this growth and this change, right, that we've all had to go online. And now we're expected that we can get that instant access. We want to be able to get access to those tools. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I have, I have a question, though. I Back up for a minute and, and talk to me just about small business and the types of businesses you serve. I You know, you said earlier that so many businesses don't have access to lending through tra traditional means. And, you know, both Karen and I have worked through growing businesses and a lot of people aren't trained in in business and they don't know where to go or how to start or how to be practical about what, what running a business is going to take. And and it's it's like you're there to help them through that process as well as make sure that their funding is secure and they can succeed long term. So talk to me a little bit about the, the personality of these small businesses and what types of people you see on a regular basis and and how that goes. Or the fact that they're persistent when they've been told no. <laughs> yes. Many times by the time um, somebody comes to us, they have heard no multiple times, um, but they've persevered. And so, you know, one of the common things is passion. So it's a passion for making great tacos or being able to create pottery or, you know, serving others and providing health, um, you know, holistic health products to them. And so it really comes from this part of they see this need and they have a passion to be able to to fill that need. Um, and many, some of the business owners we work with, you know, do have a business background, but many don't. And so that's where we come in to help them understand about how do you make this dream a reality? Mm -hmm. And how do you weather the changes and the bumps that go along the way? Because all the planning we do, it never goes that way. Um, so how do we continue to adjust um, and make and, and take advantage of those opportunities as they come along. Yeah. I always say challenges are opportunities. So we'll just focus on the positive. I love that. You do do that as well. And I, I think what's amazing too, is that, you know, no matter how much you plan, you can't manage change always. You can't predict change. Initiate was that way pre, you know, as you went into the pandemic, I mean, I, it, how fortuitous that that platform existed for all of your borrowers and your subscribers going into a pandemic when small business needed assistance at a rate that we've never needed before. Talk to me about the last couple of years. 
I remember talking to an organization similar to Northern Initiatives early in the pandemic, and they're like, it's like you predicted the future. It's like, no, no, no. We would have done a lot of other things if we knew that a pandemic was coming down the line. Um, but we had known that um, people were changing how they were gathering information. And we um, were working with eight other organizations before the pandemic. Um, they were using Initiate to support their entrepreneurs. And we've more than doubled that now because everybody had to speed up. So people were going that process and knew that this was the future, but thinking, oh, maybe in a couple of years. Well, it's now shortened everything in the last in the last two years. And so what we did when um, the pandemic hit and Michigan immediately closed down and ha we just reacted and said, how do we help our small businesses? And we couldn't, we did individual outreach, but we also had to find a way to get tips together. All the information was continually changing. We were always learning. And so we built a system of resources to help answer that as your restaurant owner, what can you do or your retail? Um, how do you think about managing your expenses? What programs? So we were actually developing a lot of content that we could put right on Initiate. And we were sharing it publicly too, because we just wanted businesses to have access to resources um, as they were going through the pandemic. Um, and so that was a really nice complement to what we were doing so that we were able to you know, provide those resources much faster since we already had that avenue. Did you feel that as you found that you had some borrowers that were getting some traction with their ideas, that you then shared those ideas with their other like-minded businesses? So curbside delivery or, you know, fill in the blank. Were some of the best practices or new ideas coming from your borrowers? Oh, definitely. Um, they, the entrepreneurs are the best for coming up with these ideas, right? They're, they're problem solvers every day. And so we were just a lot of times handling that information we were getting from, from the small businesses. And we actually incorporated samples of what we were seeing. How were they posting on social media, the safety measures that they were putting in place and using that as a marketing kit or being able to do meal kits now um, and thinking of different ways people were buying. And so we actually pushed a lot of that out and shared it, which, you know, helped to highlight customers as well as um, share best practices. It's so interesting because you just do so much more than than lending. So my first instinct when I was learning about you was, oh, they, they do lending for small business, but this coaching and sharing and building of communities and collaborating and holding people up and building a community around it is, is really a whole different ballgame. And so I find it, I find it interesting that there's such a need for the kind of services you offer and that interesting niche that you fill. How did you guys get there? The, the truncated story? <laughs> um, <laughs> we're actually going to be cel celebrating 30 years. Um, and so Northern Initiative started as Department of Northern Michigan University in Marquette. Uh, they saw this opportunity, a lot of out-migration. So students were graduating and they were leaving the area. And so what they wanted to do is allow these students to be able to create their own opportunities. And entrepreneurship is that way. Uh, and, and since then, we've evolved um, and have made lots of changes over the years and, and have really grown our... Um, throughout Michigan. Previously, we were just the Upper Peninsula, then we were Northern Lower, and we were out Michigan. And 
it's not just us, right? So we partner in all of these communities. There are people on the ground. We've got lenders on the ground, but there is small business development centers. There's chambers of commerce. There's um, economic development corporations, other um, women business centers and CDFIs. And so what we do is we really think about um, when we look at each community, what are the needs, um, who's already there, and how can we best align these pieces to um, to support the small businesses and and everybody, um, you know, just really comes together under that under that focus. And so it's been something we continue to build as we go into these new communities. One of the things that I think has been really fun to watch you how you grow is as you get into new communities, often we've talked about how the community kind of has to pull you in. You can't just show up to have the community embrace you. But the work that you've done in Battle Creek and other communities in West Michigan and the way you've partnered with the Hispanic Center and then the way that you've um, kind of developed another initiate platform that is uh, in Spanish on top of the English uh, initiate has been incredibly impressive. And I know you've worked tirelessly and it's all kind of rolled out as part of the pandemic, which was double duty for you and your team. It's, it's just so cool the way you're able to then onboard um, bilingual um, coaches that can make a difference in, in those business owner communities. Yeah. Um, that that's something we continue to focus on and and increase accessibility. The other thing too with um, initiate the videos are closed captioned. Um, we do testing for accessibility, and so we're trying to think about how do we get these this into more populations. A big focus really is having this bilingual. So about eighty percent of the resources are um, translated into Spanish, and we will be at one hundred percent by year end. And um, we also are doing some really focused efforts to understand not only it's not just about translation, but it's also about understanding um, those communities, what what the unique challenges are um, and and how we can best make this culturally irrelevant, too. So we also are working with the Aspen Institute um, to be able to create some cohorts that we will be doing the shared learning um, and and really informing the, the Spanish version of Initiate moving forward. And we do have two bilingual staff members now. We do partner with the Hispanic Center and are continuing to grow that work in those areas. Yeah, the, the work with the Aspen um, Institute is fascinating because you um, you won or were granted a fellowship. Um, tell me about your experience with that. You know, I've actually had two um, fellowships with the Aspen Institute. The first one was actually focused on my, uh, emerging le- leaders for microenterprise. Uh, and that was many years ago. And that's actually where I got to meet Joyce Klein, who oversees the business ownership initiative. And she's been a mentor and a resource over the years about how do you support these smaller businesses. So sometimes, you know, when somebody says small business, you know, that definition of 100 or less employees, we're thinking more and or less. Um, we're working with the much smaller businesses or micro businesses. Um, and so I was able to learn a lot about the best ways to support and become a leader um, in that area. And then a couple of years ago, I also was part of the job quality leadership through Aspen Institute and thinking about um, how do you as an entrepreneur make this a quality job, right? So you're not doing many times, you're not just creating a um, a business because, you know, like 
it's okay. I don't need to make any money. You know, no, you actually want this to support your family. Um, you might want to be able to have it as a retirement later on. You want to be able to make your community stronger. And so not only do you think about what are some of those components about making this a good job for you, but also um, for others, too. So it's been really great to learn. Um, and, and we got to connect with different sectors, too. So I got to talk to workforce development. Um, I've got to talk to others like us, invest, investors. Um, and so it was nice to get this different lens because I really have been in the community development financial institution um, for, for all of my career. So it was nice to get that other lens. Yeah, I know Jen and I were having a conversation um, just before we started recording about what is your definition of small business? So there's, you know, there's small business, there's micro business. Um, I've seen SBA even use a number 500, which seems not like small business. Talk to me through your definitions. There is a lot of different definitions. Um, when I say small business, you know, we're thinking about those that are, you know, usually 10 employees or less or under a million in revenue. So, and those are usually within the first five years. Um, so it, it really does depend on the business. Um, I know there is, there is certain definitions, but when I just say small business generally, at a minimum, it's going to be under 50 employees um, that we're talking about. But most of the companies that we work with at Northern Initiatives are going to be um, 30% are startups, and the others are usually going to be around um, under 10 employees. Put, put that in context for me. So if I understand data right from the SBA, Michigan, about 50% of our people are employed by quote unquote small business, which again is larger. That's a bigger number of employees by that definition. But how many people are we talking about who are small entrepreneurs, micro businesses? It's a good chunk of our economy, right? It's a good chunk of what makes communities thrive. So what is the impact of that, that segment really in our state? We, um, you know, off the top of my head, I don't know the numbers, but it is something that um, Dennis, uh, our previous president, and, and Alyssa have continued to track about what are um, those trends and kind of the, the stage two, the larger businesses, stage one. So throwing a lot of different terminology out there, um, stage one usually is under the 10 employees, and then you do, you've got the other stages, but it's the, it's the majority of the small businesses. And there's studies out there um, about if you just added all of these small micro businesses, so the, the, the really the, the micro businesses, we'll just call them that now, um, even though I don't think they're micro, I still think they're mighty. Um, <laughs> I feel like you're sometimes playing that size <laughs> and how big it is. So <laughs> we'll just, we'll just say that our emerging businesses, um, that they, if they all hired one person, we wouldn't have employment issues. Um, and so it just tells you the size of it. Um, the other thing, you know, one of the key stats too, that's out there, um, in the state and, and, and all over the United States as many of the minority-owned businesses are sole proprietors. So if we can help them to be able to grow their business, to be able to build systems, um, that is going to have a huge impact. That's such an interesting observation, too, that um, the differences between LLC, sole proprietor, C-corp, S-corp, I, I don't think 
unless you've gone to school for it, you don't understand those differences, right? And so that's where someone like you can help to sort of navigate and understand how, how should your business be set up? Um, what tactics can you take advantage of? How can you grow? Those are things that I think most entrepreneurs don't, don't necessarily have that knowledge in their pocket. So you, I'm assuming, do some training and support and just help them through that place where they don't know the language sometimes. Yeah, actually, uh, Karen helped us create a video that walks through <laughs> what are the differences between a sole proprietor, an LLC, an S-Corp, a C-Corp, all those all those kinds of what, what to consider, um, just high level. And, and I think a lot of times it's about what are these definitions? You know, as you're talking to a funder or talking to somebody else, they might be talking about financial ratios or your balance sheet. Um, and so one of the things we focus on first, and that's a lot of what we have in Initiate, is really what is this? You know, what are they saying when they're saying accounts payable? Or they're talking about um, my, my ratios and, and why is that important? And we also, it depends on where that business owner is at, what language we use, right? And, um, but the goal is always about educating that business owner so that they um, know more about running their business. They know the questions to ask. We're not going to have the answers to all of them, but they're going to have better understanding of when I talk to a CPA or if I'm talking to an attorney, these are the questions I want to be thinking about um, and then tools so that they can start to implement, whether it's a business plan or thinking about creating a cash flow plan. Yeah. And I think that's why it's brilliant because it the reason why it's called coaching is because that's truly where it's coming from. You know, you're going to still hear from an NI coach. Um, you need a CPA or talk to a lawyer about X. Um, you know, you're not reviewing their contracts or their purchase orders for them, but you're you're definitely asking the right questions to make sure they understand um, their systems and uh, their philosophy moving forward. Yeah, we have somewhat of a standardized, flexible process. Um, so when somebody comes to us. Uh, and they get a loan, we sit down with them to understand uh, where are their skills, where are their goals, uh, and help to prioritize what they want to work on. So we don't just, I mean, there's key things like getting financial systems in place. We're not saying you have to have QuickBooks, but do you have some way to be able to track your revenue and your expenses? And from there, we create a, a customized plan. We work with that business owner. We pull in additional resources. We don't tell you what to do in your business. What we do is we provide information. We connect um, with resources, whether it's through Initiate, with the local partners. We work with um, small business, other small businesses to provide like website consulting and QuickBooks training and, and other services. Um, and then we check in and see, you know, how is this working? Is it moving it towards your goal? Do we need to adjust? How's your business performing? And it really is an iterative process. Um, that we work with that business and, and in every path looks different because every business looks different. I love this so much because being an entrepreneur sometimes is very lonely. And I remember when I was starting my business, the list of things I didn't know was so vast. And knowing that there is a resource out there for new business owners who just, you'll give them advice and show them their options. It, it feels very comforting and sort of a relief because I think the biggest challenge about being an entrepreneur is when you feel like you're going it alone and you don't know what the right answers are. So knowing that someone can, can maybe help is is good to know. But I'm curious, <laughs> what's in your crystal ball? So, you know, you've been doing this for 30 years, which is, I mean, you haven't because 
you know, you're not that old, but because I'm 30. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But your organization has a lot of years under its belt. You've been doing this for a long time and you're an expert. You've seen almost everything. And then you saw a pandemic happen. So looking back with all of that, if you could look in your crystal ball, what what's coming in 2022? Or what are you excited about? Or what should we all be watching out for? Well, I'm never an expert. I'm always learning. Um, <laughs> been with Northern Initiatives for 18 years and, and always learning. Um, but one of the things as I think about 2022 is I see hope and opportunity. Um, so we're coming out of the pandemic. Um, I know there's, you know, still there's always still lingering worries. There always is um, whether it's what it's going to be. But I think some of the things that we've seen um, over the pandemic that's really going to set businesses up for success is they've really thought about, um, you know, how do I manage cash? I know that's not exciting, but it's such a crucial piece. So what if we get into this again or or something else, right? So maybe there's a natural disaster or maybe there's some, you just never know. Maybe it's just winter all year round one year in Michigan. You never think it could happen. It could happen. <laughs> we hope it doesn't. Um, but sales go down. And, and so thinking about, I, I think businesses are, are setting themselves up to be more resilient um, and be able to be creative. And they've been pushed um, faster. And so I'm actually really excited to see what 2022 looks like. Um, and I think it's going to be exciting in Michigan. I agree. I love to hear that. I love that too. Thanks for <laughs> that crystal it. ball. <laughs> <laughs> when you sit down, I know, I know there's, I know everybody's path is different, but what is your soapbox tried and true? If you only give one piece of advice to an entrepreneur, what do you tell everybody, no matter what, even if it's sexy or not sexy? <laughs> it's going to be cash. <laughs> um, I wish, I wish I could say more things too, but honestly, this is, this is unsexy, but also the crucial you know, totally crucial part is about thinking about those rainy days um, and having that cushion. So whether it's starting out one month and then getting to three months or to six months, um, there's just a lot of stress in a business, running a business. Um, There's been so much increased stress with the uncertainty um, and we never have 100% control. And so be, by being able to have kind of that cushion to be able to make those decisions on, you know, maybe I can just go down to three days a week. Um, you know, we, we need to make some adjustments or we need to actually maybe invest in, in create a website because we want to be able to sell online. Um, it just allows for some peace of mind and be able to, um, you know, to be able to adjust to those things. And I would, um, I know you said one, but I'll just keep talking, is uh, I just be flexible. You know, the path that you set, um, you know, they tell us set five-year goals. Hey, it's hard. I mean, I try, um, but at the same time, think about how many, how many times it's changed. So right now I'm kind of happy with a one-year goal. Yeah, five years um, seems like a lot <laughs> some days. <I> <laughs> Um, but be flexible and, and listen, um, but then also really, you know, follow that path of, you know, you, you started this business for a reason. Everybody has an opinion. Um, you don't need to take them all. 
um, but but be flexible and 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 ask for help along the way. Amen to that. At all. Amen to that. Know when to raise your hand and say, "Huh." <laughs> and we all need we all need it along our path. I've had to ask recently. You know, I, you know, I need some support and. Um, you know, have have connected with mentors and others too. And um, even though I'm working with 26 other staff members, um, my role is different. And so, being able to meet with another business owner, or if it's you know, you you know somebody that if you're doing their social media is really great. Like, can I just pick your brain? Can I take you out to coffee? Um, and I think just having being open to that um, just can go a really long way. Yeah. That's actually the model that Jen and I's podcast is really based on. It's like, <laughs> ask, <laughs> ask, how do you do it's, that? And it's hard to ask for help. You, you, you know, you, you don't want to show weakness because you feel like that's bad. So it's, it's hard to be honest and ask for help. And knowing that there's some place where you can go and do that safely and feel like you're supported really goes a long way for a lot of small business owners. So mm-hmm. thanks for that. My goodness. Wow. Thanks, Amanda. We all we all need to be reminded of that. I think this yes. is true, and maybe sometimes <laughs> our work and personal life, and maybe sometimes women more than others. Um, okay. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about Northern Initiatives or initiate? You want to go to northerninitiative.org. Um, it is a really fun one to spell, um, but northerninitiative.org. It'll redirect you um, if you Google it. If you if you miss an I or, or move a T around, but that's where you can. <laughs> Um, find information about our programs, um, as well as initiateprosperity.org is is our online learning platform. Fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend a little time with us. I hope you enjoyed your very special Amanda Blondo uh, honey lavender mule. (laughs) Yes, this will be a regular now. Perfect. I love it. Yeah, it was great. It was great to talk to you. And you're leaving me feel feeling very hopeful for Michigan and for the future of small businesses and entrepreneurship. So that's a great way to to end our episode, I suppose. Thanks for sharing a drink with us. As always, you can head over to our website, thespeakeasypodcast.com to get recipes for the cocktails. From day one, tiny humans know that crying is the most effective communication tool. And crying does not go away just because we aren't babies any longer. That's right. There are predictable things that make even the most stoic adult cry. The loss of a loved one communicates our grief. And some tears communicate our joy. Join us next time as we explore how our tears are a profound communication tool.